Sounds good. <coughs> I'm dying. Same. I've had three bloody noses today. Oh. If I just spontaneously leak blood at all during this episode, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'll try not to be concerned. Whatever. You know, it's just like... Yeah. Welcome to the Dead Letters Club Cryptcast, where your belovedly ghoulish hosts convene to discuss all sorts of ghastly, ghostly things. I'm gonna pave my house in human skulls. Okay. Grab your really creepy sacramental robes that you don't wash. And enjoy the show. As our general manager said, it's been two weeks and you still can't be sick. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right. Thanks, sir. (laughs) You're absolutely correct. Sure. Except that in the middle of my shift, sometimes I just have to go run into the closet and cough. Yeah, and the next day I was in urgent care for three hours, but it's fine. It's cool. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to, like, you know what I don't like? What? How, like, when men in a business setting are very direct and very forward, it's like professionalism. Oh, he's so professional. But as a woman, if you're direct and forward, you're unlikable. Yeah. It's hard. Bitchy. It's hard to get along with you. Yeah. How dare you say what you mean and what you feel and what you want? How dare Uh, you be direct? How dare you not be warm and coddling at all times? How dare you not replace my mother? I'm upset. When you put it like that, it's even worse. It is. Have you ever thought about that, though? How men's perception of you is based on their relationship with their mothers? Yeah. I think about that a lot. I'm just like, hmm. You had a rough childhood. This is going great. Our audience is mostly male. It's fine. Perfect. Great. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, also, I really do enjoy the fact that you keep re- positioning our skeletons into just random s- sex positions. Yeah. I like how the hands are also holding each other. They are. Even though they're two right hands, but they're still holding each other. I know. <laughs> what other... I think the skeletons themselves at least the one at my house that we did the tiktok with that one has two like left hands oh wow it's not like it doesn't make sense looks like the rest of them have normal hands oh maybe it's just mine maybe that's fine i should put this in airplane mode (laughs) whoops all right friends welcome to the crypt oh yeah i forgot we have to do an intro still Hey, it's not the normal intro because this is just a Cryptcast. Just a Cryptcast. We were going to do a normal episode, but we've both been sick. We've been dying. Yeah. And you would think around the holidays, you know, college would be like, don't worry, you can have the week off no. from assignments. I have a final due this week. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Super great and chill and casual. So if either one of us cough or or sound congested and weird, it's because yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah. I did try to prep myself yesterday by taking, you know, mucinex. Um, I just took some cough medicine, but, you know, still here. I took so much DayQuil last night, like, at work. And and then, like, because I had to do <coughs> inventory still, and I was there until, like, almost midnight. Like, the come down off the DayQuil was rough. Oh, I bet. I was like, I'm not okay. <laughs> 
am surviving on Dayquil alone. Literally, yeah. It's fine. Everything's it's fun. Fine. Working in restaurants is great. Working the restaurant during like the time right before Thanksgiving to right after Christmas is a fucking nightmare. Oh, Everyone's yeah. an asshole. Everyone is an asshole. Like they all suck. Yeah. Every single person. Some lady on Monday, um, I'd had to go grab chips, so I was like walking by her and she kinda like gave me a weird look and I was like she didn't have a menu, so I was like has anyone been over with you yet? And she's like, no, and I am running short on time. And I'm like, oh, did you check in with the hostess? And she's like, well, no. And I'm like, oh, you should go check in with the hostess. <laughs> My favorite is when I'm like in the middle of like, do like, so I'm predominantly, I either work alone or I work the well. Yes. It's been established that I am probably the fastest well bartender. I just go into like this freak trance and I just fucking make drink and that's all I do. Yes. Like it's so weird. <laughs> um, I stare into the middle ground and I'm just making margaritas. Yeah. That's it. Uh, so I have like eight tickets in front of me last night and I'm in my trance. I'm in my zone. This is my time to shine and it's making margaritas. Yes. And these two like old white men are sitting like right next to the ticket printer and they're like um excuse me we need more salsa and they're trying to make like aggressive eye contact with me and i'm like motherfuckers what i have two tins in my like what, you think I'm, let me drop them i yeah. just drop them to the ground and i'm like let me go get that for you i can't remember if i sent you this video but it was a tiktok where like a guy's like making a drink and someone walks to the bar he's like oh and he like throws the tin on the ground and walks over <laughs> i i think i sent you one i sent it to i think it i bleep that name any names, please them. But I think I sent it to you as well. But it's like, he's like pouring shots. It's just into ramekins and it's water. And it's like how people think making eye contact with a bartender should be. Yeah. And he like, he's like making the shots. And then someone looks at him and he looks at them and he goes, slam. And he like fucking punches them all off the table. And he was like fucking running up. He's like, yeah, help me help you. What can I do for you? <laughs> Literally. That's how it works. I did have <laughs> one more thing to tell you on our little bartender tangent. Woo! Um, so I worked the Zach Brown concert, uh -huh. Zach Brown band, whatever. Um, and is isn't it, he like Christian music or whatever? He's country. I don't know if That's his close enough. Uh, yeah, I was not familiar with his music very much. Um, Sam Hunt was one of his openers, and I knew some of him because he's more of like a contemporary country. Got it. And I knew some people who were into that. Anyway, um, but we're at a temporary bar, so it's just long tables set up next to each other. And I'm really close next to the girl with the computer next to me. And it's the beginning, and this man comes up, and he orders just a Red Bull. And it's all cashless. That's aggressive. And... Just one Red Bull, please. Yeah, and they're at a premium. They're $8. Because you're at an arena, like... You can get, like, two tall boy Red Bulls at the fucking Circle K for $8. Exactly. All right, go off. But whatever. You have to have your Red Bull now, so okay. Um, and he goes to pay cash, and she's like, oh, you know, it's card only. And he's like, oh. And he calls over for the woman that's uh, with him, and he's like, do you have your card? And she was like, no, I don't have my card. And he was like, oh, fine. Pulls his card out of his wallet, is like... Yeah, for, for $8. I'm like, okay. He's like, when I come back in my next life, I want to be a woman. What? 
Yeah. First like, of all, sir, sir, I really don't think you do. You definitely couldn't handle it, especially when you're a white man. If, if like, this is inconveniencing you right now. Yeah. Like, what? And then, <laughs> you know, no matter what they're ordering, it comes up with a little option to like tip, like water, Red Bull, a actual drink. It comes up. And so he hits the tip and it's like, you know, a dollar. It's like 10% on eight bucks. Um, And then he puts a dollar on her little tip tray too. And he goes, since you probably need to pay for your college. Oh my God. Yeah. She was, <gasps> he walked away. She's like, I have my degree. <laughs> As a bartender with also two degrees. Yeah. Y- yes, we do have degrees. And generally a lot of us had them paid for by scholarships. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I was like, oh. I hate you, sir. I literally hate you. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, oh. I just spilled. Oh, cute. Yeah. Edward needed some coffee. Yeah, Edward has some coffee <laughs> yeah. on him. I'm wearing an Edward Cullen shirt, as one does. I'm wearing a Twin Peaks shirt, but not the restaurant, the TV show by David Lynch. Perfect. Everyone thinks that I work at Twin Peaks when I wear this sh- shirt, and I said, I don't think Twin Peaks, the titty restaurant, is giving out two X's yeah. in t-shirts, but go off, I guess. Yeah. Talking about <clears throat> bartenders, I had a really weird bartender interaction at a concert I was at. Oh, yeah? It was a small show. I was at Valley Bar in Phoenix. It's like a speakeasy. Okay. And they have a tiny little concert venue. It's like maybe two times the size of the crypt. Okay. Um, I was seeing Bill Murray. Not like the actor, the band of Bill Murray. Okay. Different. <laughs> okay. Well, when I say I'm seeing Bill Murray, people go, I didn't know he did music. I'm like, he doesn't. Not him. So... I go to, so we got drinks at the bar side, like the speakeasy side to start. And then I went up to get everyone rounds at the bar in the venue. Cause okay. they're like, yeah. Um, and this bartender, I was like, I'll have a Jack, two Jack and Cokes and one mule, like a vodka mule. Yeah. Fucking charged me $70. Yeah. And as a bartender, I was like, what the fuck? Well drink three well drinks for seventy dollars. He probably charged me premium because I look like a child. It's ten minutes of j- us just ranting because the holidays suck for us. It's yes. Fine. Um. And so today, because we were sick and we couldn't record our previously scheduled episode of the end of Wheel of Time and the show, we're gonna record our the books we read in twenty twenty two. Which twenty twenty two wrap up. Yes, it is not the end of november yet so we still technically have a month and i will be finishing one more book i included but... some of the ones that i'm currently reading not okay. that you can read my tiny little handwriting but i did include some that i was currently reading yes because my goal was to hit 15 books this year because i hadn't read too much in the last few years like yeah previously so i'm like all right i'll start building up um i read a lot of books last year but that's just because i had COVID at the end of the year and i read like six books while i had covid because as you remember i was like fucking bedridden i couldn't get out of bed for 14 days because yeah, in there for a while i have asthma and i have other health pre-existing health concerns so like covid hit me hard i got hit by a truck yeah it's literally in bed 14 days so i just fucking read yeah <coughs> so you know 14 books on my list i have i didn't count just uh don't mind me silently counting. okay i'll just take a drink of my coffee and a cough 15-ish? Yeah, so we're about the same. Perfect. That's not counting the two that I'm currently reading and also Eye of the World, which 
we did technically finish, so I guess that does go on my list. I the world's on mine. Damn. We won't be discussing <coughs> it in this one, though. No, I mean, we can give it our overall rating without spoiler, spoiler spoiling anything. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go back and forth? Yeah. Let's start at our highest rated books. Your, your nines and tens out of ten. Oh, highest rated? Okay, I just have them in order of, like, when oh, I read them. I just, I wrote them down. Okay, so I sent you a snap this morning because we talked about this last week and I told you I couldn't remember what I read this year. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going through my three bookshelves and my car because if I finish a book when I'm at work, I just leave it in my car. Um, pulling out all the books that I believe that I have read this year. <laughs> okay. Oh, I hit my pen. I had them all, like on a stack next to me at my desk and I was just I wrote them down initially and then I gave them a quick rating okay now I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee while you rate your books I'll do the first one Game of Thrones oh hell yeah that makes me so happy you know classic conic literature good loved the characters followed very very closely to the first season of the show so it was really easy to like kind of stay super invested in it because Mm -hmm. like oh my goodness like there's so much more. I've so seen this. The show is like the surface level, and then you have all of these like little subplots yeah, little, underneath. So very, very much enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so that is my first one. Hell uh, yeah. A lot of these ones that I did rate really high, I then didn't pick up the sequel right away, which is kind of weird. That's fair. I feel like Game of Thrones is the, not like the adverse per se, but the other side of the coin of high fantasy from Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time, I feel like, is idyllic high fantasy, where, like, yes, there's some subversion of plot, where, like, the tropes aren't necessarily always the same, but I feel like Game of Thrones is way more realistic. It's way more gritty. It's way more, like, in your face with, like, this is how this would really be, as opposed to, like, the idyllic high fantasy. Like, you'd see in Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time. Well, and Game of Thrones is fantasy, but... It's also not, like... Aggressively magical. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially in the first book. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's dragons at the end. Spoiler oh. alert for anyone who hasn't seen the show or read the book. Spoiler but. alert for anyone who lost the last 10 years of their life to yeah. jail or something. Like, were you a corpse? Were you not around? <laughs> not heard of this? But yeah, I mean, there's no magic, so it is really easy to, like, fall along. You're not trying to, like, figure out how the magic works and, like, yeah. all that stuff. I really like that it is so detail-oriented in the fact that it is a political... Um, thriller almost yeah it's very the first book especially is very much about power dynamics and political aspirations and that kind of stuff but like that's so detail oriented like the hierarchies of the power structure and all the houses and who's doing what yeah but then you have their magic system which george r r martin made purposely very loose like it's not like um an over-explained hard magic system you don't really know how things work yeah which i think juxtaposed together works really well <clears throat> oh, absolutely. So, my one of my top rated... I'm going to go with one that I haven't talked about yet because I have two that are pretty high rated on here that I talk about all the time. I know. I've talked about a few of these, so... Um, I'm going to go with Later by Stephen King. Okay. So, there's this publishing company called Hard Case Crime. They publi- they're trying to... Re- not reinvent, but like resurrect the crime noir novella like pulp novels they're like this big they're like 200 pages okay they're short they're quick they're like gripping 
It's mystery. So okay. Stephen King wrote three, Joyland, Later, and The Colorado Kid. Okay. I started The Colorado Kid. I haven't finished it yet, but it's also very good. Um, I did finish Later by Stephen King, and I love both Stephen King and crime noir detective pulpy kind of novels. Like, that's one of my favorite genres. Yeah. I loved it so much. So the premise is there's a kid who can see ghosts, like people who have died traumatically. And of course, it's Stephen King. So the way that they die is so graphic and traumatic and the way they come back for the kid is so graphic and traumatic. And he's haunted by this reoccurring ghost. And there's some Easter eggs for like the Crimson King and like it with the deadlights. It's very interesting. There, okay. There's other Stephen King universe Easter eggs, but it doesn't really like take over the plot. The plot is pretty simple. Um, the kid's mom is an editor. Her like big author dies and hasn't finished writing his series. So she has her son, who she didn't really like believe too much, communicate with the dead author after he died. She drives him to the house. Wow. And he talks to the dead author and she finishes his series so they can like have a well-off life. Okay. And she, his mom's dating a cop and the cop starts selling drugs and there's like this whole drug plot and she wants the kid to communicate with a dead like drug lord so she can have like the stash or whatever. It ends up pretty good. There's a really fucking weird twist at the end of the book that I did not see coming at all and I just sat there with it and I just let it marinate in my soul and I was like um what I went okay mm, that's weird I went I see Stephen King we're still doing weird plot devices <laughs> but anyway it's very gripping like you read the first chapter and you're like i must finish this story now immediately it got me i read it in like two days nice i'll tell you the plot twist uh kate you can take this out if you want but the plot twist is <laughs> i just sat there and i was like okay all right cool sweet thanks yeah so, all right. So, um, the next one I'll say, I might've talked about a little bit. Um, it is the deadly education books, which, um, I thought were classified as young adult, but I think they're actually classified as new adult. Um, what's a new adult? It's like between like full adult fantasy and young adult. I didn't know there was a middle ground. Yes. Ah, uh, welcome to your new adult. <laughs> is yes. that like when you're like 20 or something? Yeah. Like 18 to like, 20? I don't know if there's, like, an age classification, but it's, like, it's more mature than, like, young adult. There's more mature themes. There might be some, like, sex. Sex. Um, there's not in this book, but. Oh, um, fuck it. Put it back in young adult. Get in there. Um, <laughs> Kick it down the stairs to young adult. But it's not quite, like, you know, like, full-fledged adult fantasy, I guess. Full-fledged tits on a breastplate Jamie Lannister. That's, like, his... <laughs> That's the saying he says the most in Game of Thrones. Really? He says, as useless as tits on a breastplate or nipples on a breastplate, something like that. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Which are pretty useless. Yeah, I mean, fair. He's not wrong. You're not wrong. But um, also they're there sometimes, so. So this one is, 
it's set in a magical school and the character is like in high school. Um, and so the school itself is, it's like almost in another like dimension essentially because it's like separate from the real world. Um, and their magic system is, it's very much like mana based. Like you have to build up mana and you can oh, like yeah. store it and like put it into crystals or put it into things. Relatable like, content. Yeah. Um, and the, there's like mana economy. <laughs> so like, and you know, the hierarchy of the high school is because there's all these creatures in the world that were created through like failed magic or whatever. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah. And they want to like, they want to consume magic. Um, so they're drawn to the school where there's all these kids with like tons of magic and they want to eat them. So like the schools, the school and the creatures are like actively trying to kill them quite a lot. Um, you have to be super careful. There's a lot of like, it's almost like almost post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic in the sense that like people are like trading goods and like doing favors for other favors. And like, it's very much like this post paper money society yeah they're doing all these things just to survive um and then if you come from i think they're called enclaves it's this was one of my first books i read in the year um which is like groups of people that live together in like big cities you have like these like watches that like tie you to this big well of magic at like all times like um and so you're really well off and you're gonna survive so you have to create like alliances it's very interesting. It's different than anything that I've really ever written or not written. I didn't write I this. I wrote the book. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Um, and it was very interesting and I really enjoyed it. It was just different than any type of like magic system that I'd really read. And like it was very dark because like you could literally die at, like any time in the mm-hmm. school. Um, very good Oh, very much enjoyed it. Hell yeah. I haven't read the second one. And actually, the third one just came out, but I plan to. It's time. Yeah, I will. Eventually. (laughs) I'll get to it. (laughs) I have a lot of other books, but it'll happen. Don't pressure (laughs) me. Literally. Um, I'm going to go in the vein of trying to talk about books that I haven't talked about a lot on this show. Okay, that was a 6, not a 10. I was like, I definitely did not rate that a 10 out of 10. (laughs) I was like, "Mm." was I high this morning? Um... My next 10 out of 10... Well, it's actually a 9 out of 10. I have two 10 out of 10s, but I'm going to keep the next 10 out of 10 for me. I'm going to talk about it a little okay. bit later. Um, not that anyone needs to know that, but I feel the need to over-explain myself because that's just how my brain works. Um, so, Brandon Sanderson has a like um, a novella collection. Uh, it's called Arcanum Unbound. So... As we've talked about before, Brendan Sanderson's books all take place in the same universe called the Cosmere. And his short stories are bundled together in Arcanum Unbound by planet they take place on in the Cosmere. Okay. So, there's two Scadrial short stories, and I read both of them. Or novellas, as you would call them. They're like three, four hundred pages. I rated uh, Mistborn Secret History as ten out of ten, because... It's going to be a spoiler alert. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bad. It, it's a it's a long story. But they come and they say goodbye to Kelsier in the secret history. So sad. I cry every time. <laughs> it just makes me happy. I love reading short stories that um, t- 
tie into like the worlds that yeah. I'm super invested in. And I read it. It was one of the first things I read in the year and I really liked it. That's it. It's Great. just, it's for me. It just made me happy. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> you get a lot more exposition about preservation, especially because he doesn't talk to many people. <clears throat> I think he talks to Vin's husband, which I'm blanking on his name right now because it's been so long since I've read it. But I think he talks to Vin's husband briefly, like right before he dies. So you get more insight on preservation and what preservation is trying to do in the dynamic between rune and preservation okay and how preservation is losing the fight so sad and you meet some other really cool world hopper characters mostly um characters that are from his comic book series that i haven't read yet mm, okay and that's it and that's that <laughs> um so the next one i actually listened on uh audiobook and it is ember in the ashes by not quite sure how to say her name it's like audiobooks are valid audiobooks are valid ember in the ashes <laughs> um it is also part of a series that i did not read the other ones um so it's told from like two different perspectives and so the first one she's not a slave but she's like a poor person in the like mm-hmm. community and right off her parent like literally like the first chapter of the book, uh, her grandparents that she lives with um, are killed in front of her and then her brother is taken um, because he's supposed to have, like, yeah, like, literally, it happens really fast. (laughs) Um, And her parents were part of the big rebellion against this. um, They're called the, the masks. That's, like, they're, like, it's kind of like the army, essentially, of this, like, people. Um... And so she goes off to find the rebellion. Um, And then the other perspective is from one of the masks. So they're called masks because, like, they get this, like, silver mask. And they wear it. They're supposed to wear it, like, all the time. And it, like, joins to their face. Like, they can't take it off. I have to show you this film. Sorry. There's this movie that's one of my most favorite movies. And I think it got really underrated the year that it got released. But it's called Mirror Mask. And it reminds me very much of what you're talking about right now. Yeah. I'll it, show it to you later. It's very interesting. I um, mean, he <clears throat> is part of this, like, warrior culture. He's gone, go, uh, gone through the school forever. Um, he's about to graduate, and he hates it, doesn't want to be a part of it, wants to run away. Um, but then they're like... I, I can't remember what they're called in the book, but they're like... Almost like they're kind of like deities or like priests. Like they can see the future and they come and they're like, oh, the emperor's line is about to end. So we're going to pick a new emperor. So you guys are going to go through these. fantasy minority report. Yeah. You guys are going to go through these trials and one of you is going to become the emperor. And like, (laughs) because they're the warriors, they're like the top of the class. One of you will be the emperor. There's four people that they pick. Oh, okay. It's not like like anyone in this school. So many people. I was like. Wow. No, they can see the future and like they picked these four people and they're like, it's going to be one of you. We don't know who, but one of you. Yeah, it's going to be one of you. Um, even though they like also know that he wants to like flee. Um, and so he's going through the trials and the girl actually with the rebellion gets sent undercover as a slave in the school with the head of the school, like the commander, whatever her specific title is, who actually ends up being the main male character's mother. Um, even though she's not a good mom, it's not like they're like... She just sucks. Yeah, she's literally the it's worst. It's like um, Mel's mom from Arcane. 
Yeah. That would be so uncomfortable. We uh, did watch parties for it, like me and a bunch of my friends on Discord, and I was like, I don't like any time she's on screen. The way that she objectifies men freak me out. Yeah. I do not like it. Yeah, that was... Uh... But yeah, and so it's aggressive. <laughs> kind of their like parallel stories going on, and it was very well written. Again, very kind of different. It's set in like um, uh, almost like an Arabic kind of culture. Oh, cool. Um, but it's there's jinns as well, and I know that I think the jinns become more prevalent in some of the other books. But it was very well written. Um, the characters were good. They progressed really well. So I. Very much enjoyed it. And it was good on audiobook, so. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to combine two because they're part of the same series. Oh, perfect, because I'm going to combine my next two. Hell yeah, player. Um, <coughs> so, as you know, I've been obsessed with the Locktomb series. You have been? I've been talking to you about it specifically for, like, many months. Yes. So many months. <laughs> um, so, I have Hair of the Ninth out of, at 10 out of 10. I have Nona the Ninth at 8.59 out of 10. Okay. So, Harrow the Ninth, I'm pretty sure I, I talked to you about how I was struggling with the beginning of it because it's set in second person. Okay. Except for these, like, um, there's these, like, alternate reality fever dream scenes that are third person, but all most of the book is in second person. It's like, you woke up and went to the kitchen. You did this. And I'm like, I literally don't like this at That's all. That's weird. It's so confusing. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. But there's a reason for it at the end. And that plot twist and the way it's delivered in literary devices and in POV choice and syntax choice and tone of the writing choice, like the way that Tamsin Muir delivered this plot twist and gave you so many little clues and so many pieces where if you paid attention enough you could have caught it really fast okay but it also lends itself to a second read through like when you read it the second time you pick up on all those little nuances and you're like holy fucking shit it was right in my face it was in my face the whole time (laughs) i'm so pissed um it's really good i'm not gonna spoil it for you because i really want you to read this series I, i will eventually I have all of them. <laughs> um, I really liked it a lot. And I like that the world that this is set in, this is set in uh, a universe where Earth has gone through an apocalyptic event. And this man, the undying god, the Necrolord Supreme, John Gaius, has resurrected the, the Necrolord Ur- Supreme's name is John? Yeah. His, okay. Uh, the community calls him Jod, like God with a J. Okay. It's my favorite. <laughs> he also sucks. Yeah. Um, he resurrects Earth's population and develops the nine houses, and each house is on one of the planets of our solar system. Okay. So Earth is the first house, obviously. And then there's like many other Is that in the order of the planets? No, it's not in the order okay. of the planets. I was like, I don't because think Earth is first. I'm pretty sure I'm it's not really like confirmed if it is or isn't the ninth house which is where the main characters are from is either like pluto or the moon so it's not really in that order per se it's in the order that they're founded okay um and each house has its own necromantic specialty so each house produces necromancers and each house has its own specialty but anyway you get a lot more background on like how the houses were formed, the intricacies between the house, and you meet three lictors, 
that were the first lictors, the f- the first like five, nine people, whatever, how many people that John resurrected when Earth blew up or whatever, like flooded, blew up. When Earth got destroyed, he, these were his friends that he resurrected first. Okay. They don't remember their time before the resurrection, which is fucked up. Um, But they have gone through this entire period. They're like immortal, just like John is. It's been thousands of years. And they're his like loyal servants. They're his bodyguards. They're his assassins. They're incredibly powerful necromancers. And you get to understand their dynamic and like what it was like founding the nine houses through them. And you meet three of them and they're very interesting. And then the sequel, well, the third book, the sequel to Harrow the Ninth, but the third book, Known of the Ninth, is also very good. Um, there's just some things that I didn't necessarily super love about it. I liked it because you get to actually find out how the Earth ended. Oh, okay. And how John became God, like how he got these powers to begin with, what he did with them in the early, the early days before Earth got destroyed. Because there's... Um, little inserts, like, little interludes of, like, Bible verse-themed chapters, like, John 28.1, and it's him talking to a main character in a dream about how this all happened. It's very interesting. Um, there's a lot of plot twists that I like in that book. There, that book made me very emotional. There are two characters specifically that I think embody a very, like, wholesome and healthy representation of love and they sacrifice themselves for each other and it makes me really sad it's very sad it makes me so sad but i love them so much and it was it was either one sacrifices themselves for the other or vice versa and they chose to sacrifice themselves together instead of live without the other one and it was so sad um there's a lot of symbolism i like in that book anyway it's very good there's a dog with six legs so his name's noodle oh very good book the ending is also very good i think tanzamira does a really good job of balancing like dramatic writing and intense scenes with comedic relief anyway it's a really good series i would rate this series as a whole as like a nine out of ten so far i'm very much looking forward to the next one that comes out next year perfect Alright, um, so my next two are from the Throne of Glass series um, by your favorite, Sarah J. Mass. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> um, I picked Air of Fire and Empire of Storm specifically. Um, I did read the rest of them as well in this mm-hmm. year. Um, but uh, I specifically chose Air of Fire, which is the third one of the book. Because there's like seven main books and then there's... Um, a novella that like or novellas that f- pair with it that are kind of like the main character's time before as an assassin um and this one I picked because it was really the like turning point in the book for me whereas I enjoyed the first two I wasn't super hooked on them um but this one like it introduced more characters that I really enjoyed um the main love interest gets introduced although he's not a love interest in this book um he's just around He's just around. He's there. His name's Rowan. Love him. 10 out of 10. Um, and then we also get introduced to uh, Manon. I think that's how you say it. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> um, and she is really cool. She's kind of like 
it's just a very cool society of witches. She's a badass. She picks this really cool dragon. Sick. Because they're like, so the witches are being gifted dragons because when magic was taken from the, uh, from their like continent, they lost their ability to like fly. And so, oh, I think it was on brooms, but not, not super clear. Anyway. Um, and so they're being gifted like dragons that the king is like making so that they can fight for them. And they're like all really savage. <coughs> and so she's one of the like best witches. So she's going to get like the best dragon. Naturally. And it's like the biggest one. She's like, oh my gosh. But the one that is really sad, they use like smaller, weaker dragons as like the bait to make the bigger dragons like attack them. I really hate it. But the smaller, weaker one is a fucking badass and kills the bigger one. And she's like, yeah, this bitch is mine, even though he's like smaller. And she like patches him up. She like fixes his like broken teeth and like makes him like iron like teeth and like his this, tail this is giving me uh ptsd flashbacks from vermax and arax mm. I'm, so sad. I'm just so sad. he tried his best anyway that that scene haunts me i'm so sad i hated that scene um, it made me so sad depression and i knew it was gonna happen i knew I, it was coming i knew it was probably happening and i was still crushed I hate, don't like dragon on dragon violence. I really hate how they like, which is you know great because that's what the rest that's of the series what, is. It's about how literally everyone kills all the dragons. So. Yeah, and I hate it. Um, I like how they kind <laughs> of, um, they let what's his face, Lainor Valerian live instead of die, like it's purported yeah. in the book. And so you have this like, it's to give you that little glimmer of hope that Lucerys lives. Yeah. And he does it. Vagar kills him. Chomp, 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 chomp. But I blame what's his, uh, Aemond. I blame him. Right? That's, it's Aemond, right? Yeah, I think it's just a very bad series of antagonizing. Well, because yes. I see but... dragons in this series as dogs. If your dog's stressed out and you continue to put them in a situation around a bigger dog where there's, because Arax blows fire at Vermax's yeah. eye, which is what Vagar. gets- Right, Vigor. Vermax is the other one. Yes. The one at the end. The one at um, the end. Arax blows fire at Vagar's eye, which makes Vagar and incites Vagar to eat him. Yes. Because Vagar is a war dragon. Vagar has battled in wars. Vagar's like, okay, bet. We're fighting? Cool. Yeah. You're a nice, tasty snack. Still, I still blame Aemon because I well, hate yeah, him. Well, yeah, he incited the, the, the stressful situation. He can't control Vagar. It just made me so sad. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Air of Fire. Um, so it introduced more characters that I was super into because... So the first two had... Which are, again, also on my list. Um, have these two, like, main male characters as well. It's, like, the main girl, uh, Selena, and then Kale. Is this the one where Selena is spelled really weird? Yeah, it's with a C. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, See, I'm retaining. Yes. Uh, and then she becomes Aelin cool (laughs) sick anyway that's not confusing at all yeah um and i i didn't particularly care for either of those two characters and their pov characters so like when it got to this third one and it's introducing like other points of view specifically manon's and like other characters that i'm more invested in what did you rate the first two 
Um, the first two I'd probably say are like, I guess six out of 10. Enough that I'm like intrigued by the story. You're going to, you're going to work through it, but you're not really happy But I wasn't like sold on them. Mm -hmm. But this one was one where I'm like, okay, like, and I'd probably say this one was like eight. Um, I was like, okay, now I'm like interested. Um, and then there is the one between Air of Fire and Empire of Storms, Queen of Shadows, which is also very good. Um, probably seven. I liked it quite a lot. Um, the, the plots do kind of get tied up almost a little too neatly. Mm-hmm. Specifically in that one, which is why that one's not higher rated. And then we get to em, uh, Ember, Empire of Storms, saying the wrong one. They're like, literally right next like, to each other. I'm fuck? like, what? Um, which, again, e- actually even introduces more characters that I do like. And um, good. It ends on quite a big cliffhanger. Sick. That's my favorite. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm taking a break from that series because I don't want to read the sixth one, which is from Kale's point of view. We've mentioned that before. And you don't like that one. But I'm like, yeah, I don't like that character. And I'm like, <sighs> want to read the just end. wiki it read the wiki i i thought about it but i've looked it up and everybody says that like it's crucial to the story or audible like, yeah i might do that um speaking of sick cliffhangers that you're not excited about so you know i've struggled reading the bones it's not really struggled <laughs> i've been quite invested in it but i don't really like the delivery of it yeah so I'm just going to cover all of them as one unit because they're all relatively the same. I rated Bone Season 7 out of 10, Song Rising 6 out of 10, Mime Order 7 out of 10, Mask Falling 6 out of 10. Just enough to where they grab my attention and the plot I find is exciting and engaging enough for mm-hmm. me to continue to read, but I did not necessarily love it. And I definitely thought the Mask Falling was the end of the book. The end of the series. It's not. There's It ends off on this cliffhanger. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought I'd be done. I've read four books. I thought it was over. It's not over. And you know me. I need to know the end. Which is why I'm going to go confront Samantha Shannon at this book convention we're going to. And you're like, give me the end. Right now. Yes. I need to know. Tell me. Um, the first book was actually pretty good. It got me intrigued in a way where it's like a sci-fi futuristic London with clairvoyance and they're like a second class citizen where they're persecuted by the law, they're hunted, they're killed, whatever. The main character is obviously a clairvoyant. Um, she gets imprisoned and you find out that the government's run by these beings that come from another dimension and they're kind of like otherworldly and beautiful and tall they're like seven feet tall but when i read the book the first time i thought they said nine feet tall and so when he interacts with the main like the the one guy his name's the warden but that's her like love interest whatever when he interacts with her i'm like bro this is so weird he's like seven feet tall (laughs) or uh, no i was like he's like nine feet tall (laughs) i'm just like what the fuck but he's just seven feet tall so it's a little bit better a little um they're relationship is kind of like a slow burn where you don't really get any payoff until like the end of the first book and then there's like nothing about them until the end of the second book and then they're very like cold towards each other in the third book and then in the fourth book they're like warming up a little bit 
and then he just disappears and the cliffhanger is she goes to rescue him from the big bad who is his like he's her consort she leads the other worldly beings her name's nishira she leads the other worldly beings and then also the government and she like abducts him and the main character goes to rescue him with this elaborate scheme and he basically says that um he was just a spy like nothing was real i was like what the fuck i was like what What? the fuck i was raging and then I realized it wasn't the last book, and I was like, it can't end this way. Oh, man. So. That's rough. Yeah. I need to know the end. Although I don't yeah. necessarily love the back and forth. Uh, towards the fourth book, I was getting kind of, like, over it. They're like, do it or don't do it. I'm man. like, stop thinking about how much you want to be with him, and maybe just be with him. I'm tired yeah. of you just going, I just want to be with him, but I don't think it's, like, a great thing for our rebellion movement. Okay, fuck off, then then don't and then it's like but then he touched me and i felt alive okay then pursue him i just don't love back and forth like that and then the cliffhanger of him being like i was a spy the whole time potentially because it's kind of like vague that maybe he's being like manipulated in that role anyway it was just very much like oh come on again so one thing in the throne of glass series is some of the main the characters that they're introducing so the the guy rowan <clears throat> he was originally part of this like immortal fake queens mm-hmm. like essentially like private guard and they you know go oh, do cool. stuff for her they like go fight wars they're usually the most like powerful magical creatures I like how you said they go do stuff for her like get groceries and you're like you know like fight wars <laughs> fight wars well because you get her like, coffee sometimes he, yeah exactly <laughs> You know, gotta have it both. She also, like, <laughs> sleeps with one of them. Oh, particularly to, like, mess with him because, Sounds you know, like he, a toxic he hates power her. dynamic. Well, they're blood-bound to her. So, like... Ew. Rowan gets his blood bond broken by the main character, Aelin, Um, And they then end up... He, like, blood-bonds to her and then they fall in love, you know? Whatever. It's too much blood. It's beautiful. Keep it inside um, you. <laughs> but, like, the other ones are still bonded to her and... Now they're kind of working on our side because there's like ways to go around the bond based on what she's, you know, told them. Like uh, Maureen going around the fact that she can't lie. Exactly. Sick. Um, But they're all kind of like, I'm just kind of like, some of them are all kind of falling in love with like, and there's a lot of love and it's like a lot of like, "Mm, these people are going to be together. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a little too much. You go. Right. Not everyone's going to fall in love and be happy in their group. So, you know. But also, ever. people could die in, in the last one. So. Even better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great. I But I do think that her writing got better towards those ones. Because the first two were her, like, first two published works. Um, all right. So you did the Bone Season. Yes. I also forgot to add something in here. Okay. As you were... Um... So the next one I'll talk about, I'll do my first read oh, of the Jesus year, Christ. which was not good, and I won't be continuing the series. Um, but it is the Crown of Gilded Bones in the From Blood and Ash book. More blood. Oh, do I have some blood for you? Perfect. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, I'd read the last two last year, and they're, and I actually enjoyed them. The plot wasn't, you know, groundbreaking or like mm-hmm. amazing, but I liked it. The characters had, you know, good back and forth and whatever. The third one was 
rough. I might have talked about this, but it went on for way too long. Mm-hmm. There's too much unnecessary sex. Like, like, it's just sex at this point. Like, really, like, there's so much sex in this book that, you know, it didn't matter. Like, in other points, it's supposed to, like, matter and be a part of, you know, like, the vampire blood bond, whatever it is. Yeah. But, like, this, I'm like, you guys are just having sex, just have fucking sex all the time. And I don't need to hear about it all the time. You can cut to black. We can fade to black. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not necessarily her genre. Because I didn't realize this book is classified as a romance book. (gasps) Yeah. I thought they all were. What? (laughs) Well, but it's like, you know how there's like fantasy with romance in it? Yeah, and then there's there's the romance romance with fantasy in it? Sometimes they have vampires and angels. Yeah, Yeah. it's that one. And I'm like, oh. Sick. Didn't realize that. Because when I went to go buy the third one, I found it in that section. I was kind of like, what? You're like... Is this where this normally is? Right? I'm like, I did not think this was here. That's weird. <laughs> um, <coughs> not that there's anything against reading romance. It's just, you know, not necessarily my cup of tea. Yeah, like there's a time and a place for a romance novel. Like the cliche romance novel where it's mostly just gratuitous sex. Like, Yeah, where there's a whole paragraph describing every penis you've ever seen. Oh yeah, we'll have to talk about that at some point. <laughs> Penises are kind of my thing. That's my favorite line of a book I've ever read. We did go look at some of the romance section in Barnes and Noble. We do that every time we're there. We do that every time we're there because we're it's hilarious. monsters and um, great. Because we like to be dramatic. <laughs> but yeah, and this book, it just took way too long. It's kind of one of those like the chosen one, but each time there's another reason why they're a chosen one. Because at oh. first it was because, you know, they're... They're the ultimate chosen one. Yeah, they're before, in the first book, it's like, oh, she's actually one of the Atlanteans. We talked about that, where they're no. called Atlanteans, no. but they're vampires. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm out. Whew. I'm quitting immediately. The first one, she's that. Second one, you find out, like, She's like some kind of the queen. child of a god or something. But then Great. you find out she's like a direct descendant of one of the main gods. So she's basically a god. It it goes so far. I know it takes an even step further in the fourth one, which I did not read. I read the summary. Um, it's time to stop. It's too much. There's too much like they're trying to do too much. They're making this character like way more than she is. Like Achilles without his heel. It's just like... God, I love Brad Pitt. Sorry. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. You're like, I'm over it? Yeah. I'm like, I... The book took way too long that it took me forever to read because I'm like, nothing's fucking happening. There's just fucking sex every five pages. I have a weird tie-in with my next books. There's just sex everywhere. Sex, blood, and Atlantis. Perfect. Welcome to the Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice. Her last book is called Prince Lestat and the Lost Kingdom of Atlantis or something like that. Oh, are they making a new show or movie? They're, so they came out with the interview of the Vampire Show, which I haven't watched yet, but my mom is watching it because she loves Anne Rice, which is why I love Anne Rice because I always read whatever she was reading as a kid, which don't, don't let your kids read Anne Rice. I was in high school, but it's different. Um, so my mom said the show's very good, but they I heard are- also, she's a witch series, which I feel like we should read together, because okay. I feel like you'd like it. It's called The Mayfair Witches. I read the first one, and it's pretty good. Um, they're coming out with a Mayfair Witches show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, rapid fire on my Vampire Chronicles 
books that I've read this year. I've read Queen of the Damned, 8 out of 10. Iconic. I read it as a teenager. I fucking love the movie. Holy shit do I love that movie. I'm chaotically attracted to Lestat in that movie, in that movie alone. Although Tom Cruise, as a vampire with blonde hair, an interview with the vampire is also pretty sick. <laughs> Memnock the Devil, 7 out of 10. Please stop telling me how you're going to suck blood out of a girl's tampon and then the rest of her menstrual blood out of her vagina. I no longer want to hear it. That is way too much description for me. Um, I may have told you this already, but that is one thing in the book series. It's too much. That they like... It's too much. He, you know, goes to... You can just mention it. You don't have to describe it to no, me. No, it's not like that he's eating like her menstrual blood. It's that like their bite is pleasurable so he'll like bite her vagina no and it like makes it more pleasurable and he sucks blood from her vagina don't bite my vagina it's not nice <laughs> yeah. it happens and i was just like okay our first merch for lot. the crypt is gonna be don't bite my vagina it's not nice okay bumper stickers i like it yeah, I don't need to I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear about how you're pulling a tampon out of some woman, sucking on it, and then like v- vacuum cleaning the rest of her menstrual blood out of her body. If only people could see the hand motions going along with it. <laughs> just me over here going <laughs> It's just gross. Yeah. I was in the I was stuck in traffic <laughs> taking my dog to the fucking her physical therapy appointment so all of my windows are down and it's like lestat gets on the floor and i'm just like no stop no! get up get off the floor no! and it's like he can smell her menstruation I'm like no i have trauma now now i'm gonna have anxiety and thinking that other people can smell when i'm menstruating <laughs> so that one <laughs> that one was a seven out of ten <laughs> Um, the Tale of the Body Thief, which we've talked about extensively. Yeah. Five out of ten. Uh, it's good thematically, but I don't vibe with um, the subplot of rape, just generally. I don't either. You have a guy who can switch consciousnesses between bodies, basically taking Lestat's body and psychically raping him because he he leaves they have a deal for it's only 24 hours that lestat's in a human body and this guy's in lestat's body and then he just leaves with it so that's a subplot of rape you have lestat as a human raping a woman great there you go another one and then you have lestat after offering to his friend david to turn him into a vampire multiple times throughout the vampire chronicles and him going no i'm cool i really just want to live out my life and die like a human forcibly changing his friend into a vampire also rape i'm over it it's not a good subplot not interested 10 out of 10 did not like (laughs) and also describing how lestat a 200 year old vampire is a human again and experiencing human like sensations like peeing and taking a shit for like five minutes and i'm not kidding you it's five minutes about how the sensation is so otherworldly to him and how the smell is gonna make him vomit for both i'm just like i don't i don't need to it's not something that i've thought about that i needed in a book i've spoiler alert i've peed and pooped before in my life i don't need you to describe it to me Anne rice this is a story about vampires (laughs) i've done it i don't need you to tell me about it i poop almost every day (laughs) 
So yeah, those those are something that I've read in this year. Great. <laughs> I bet you're ready for my next one. Yeah, I am. Is it about shitting? No. <laughs> it's red, white, and royal blue. Oh yes, we've talked about this. Yes. Less tampons, more sex. I don't know. I haven't read it. There is a little bit of sex in this. But no tampons. It's like, it's not fade to black, but it's not like... Full on gratuitous. Exactly. Sick. Um, So the author did say that like, they wrote this during like, right after the 2016 election. Um, So... Concerning. (laughs) It's a way to like, cope. With the results of that election. Okay. Um, and so essentially it's if in 2016, um, this democratic Texas woman becomes the president. Because that makes a lot of sense. Where are you finding a democratic woman politician in Texas? Yeah. And she turns Texas blue in this universe which okay good Um, fucking luck yeah anyway we don't talk about politics here yeah it's that's not the point but everything's bigger in texas including democratic women (laughs) so she becomes the president she has two kids now it's uh it's like 2019 or whenever the time it doesn't matter um and she's running for re-election so 2020 i guess yeah um, I don't know if it's a little before. Either way. Again. It's usually, like, their campaign usually starts in 2019. I think so, yeah. Um, and it follows the her son, which is, like, the main character. Oh, good. His name's Alex. He's um, also half Mexican because his dad was Hispanic. So, you know, diversity. Um, it's kind of tacky. They, they go to like London yes, for the royal wedding because diversify but don't make it like don't their make whole force, characterization yeah, exactly. um but they go to <laughs> London for a royal wedding and his arch enemy the prince and him like cause an international incident and then have to pretend to be friends I didn't know we were arch nemesis with the prince of England go yeah. off I guess. And it turns out the whole time <coughs> they're gay he de- yep he declared him Sick. as an arch nemesis it was because he was secretly in love with them because they want to fuck and so it's enemies to lovers but it's like enemies to lovers in like 80 pages oh that's yes a lot so they like kiss they start this relationship the main character didn't realize that he was bisexual in the beginning so now he's like he comes to terms with that very fast it's like literally like two pages of him like coming to terms with his bisexuality and then he's like seeing this person he goes yeah penises are cool right pretty much and then the whole like it's just you know them kind of hanging out and then they get caught and it's like oh my god the prince is gay what 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 um and then it like you know there's drama it comes out and then they're worried it's going to ruin his mom's re-election but then she turns texas blue again and she wins the election yeah because texas is the crux of the american presidential election. yep got it uh, there's like more like it's very like it's very idealized politics it's, it's very, very much like a forced, yeah a forced happy ending it's like giving parent trap 
it's yeah it's very just like the plot wasn't that good the relationship wasn't like great the main characters neither of them are very redeeming um and it's just like okay okay and yeah now there's this magical happy fairy and like fairy tale ending and everybody's so happy and there's rainbows everywhere and it's like okay great yeah it just didn't it it was just like okay this is just pointless and dumb i I give that one a perfect i guess four out of ten three out of ten somewhere there two out of ten i didn't like it (laughs) it wasn't like the worst book in the world but But it wasn't wasn't good. good they're making a movie out of it can't wait great i'm so happy for us yeah we should watch it oh we will um i have three more that i've finished <coughs> and then the couple that i'm in the middle of so elric of elric of melnibane eight out of ten we've talked about this mm-hmm. i love just straight high fantasy it is very high fantasy oh it they're is- straight yeah, there's. I'm just. I, I'm pretty sure Elric does have some relationships with them. Well, I, was, I was just. Um, it's very. High, it's classic high fantasy. It's, uh, it's magical beings, sorcerous kingdoms, Ooh. this ever living sword. It's very cool. I love it. You'll love it if you're Perfect. interested. The audiobook is actually really good. Um, I read Breach of Peace. And I'm in the middle of Rebel's Creed. I gave Breach of Peace like a 6.5 out of 10. It's a novella that is the prologue to Rebel's Creed. They're both by Daniel Green, who's a booktuber. And I really like his take on books. I really like his videos in general. I watch his fantasy news updates like every week. Um, So I wanted to check out his books because, you know, I like I like supporting authors especially like smaller authors as much as i love like my big triple a authors um breach of peace definitely is finding it gives me finding your legs narratively as an author i was very interested in the world i was very intrigued in the story the main character was interesting enough for me i can't tell if it's the way it's written because i i listened to it on audible or if it was the way that it was narrated that didn't really, like, mesh with me super well. It could be the narrator. Because I don't really like the narrator that much. Which is fine. Um, Rebels Creed is definitely better so far. I'm in the middle of it. Um, it expands more on the world. It's like the story is taking place in a different character's POV parallel to Breach of Peace. While also the main character from Breach of Peace is her POV like, moving the story forward after Breach of Peace. It's very interesting. I'm gonna, like, hang in there. I'm gonna... I'm interested. It's pretty okay so far. Okay. And then I'm reading Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. Whoa. Gardens of the Moon by Uh Steven Erickson. I always want to say Eric Stevenson, but that is not it. It's Steven Erickson. Um, It's the first book of a... (laughs) 10 book fantasy series oh wow <laughs> are they all out or uh-huh. okay uh well one's coming out this year um it's the malazan book series um it's a very interesting structure it's like a roving pov so malazan is this empire that's taking over this like fantasy setting and you get like, these roving povs from people within the malazan empire like soldiers politicians 
noblemen and then like people and also there's sorcerers and also like assassins and sorcerers and then you get POVs from people in the countries that they're trying to like conquer and then there's this thing called Moonspawn which is this giant castle that just floats in the sky and it moves around the continent. (laughs) It's very interesting. I like it. I like the way it's structured. I've heard it's a very interesting read. It also was recommended to me so I thought it was time that I, you know, read that. It's been a year since I should have read it. It's fine. (laughs) And then I started Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson, but I also heard it was the weakest Stormlight book, and it's focused heavily on a character I don't like. Mm. So there's multiple POVs in every Stormlight book, but each book has a central character. Okay. Like Oathbreaker was Dalinar's book, which is one of my favorite characters. So I really enjoyed it because you get to see his redemption arc and you get more of his history and more of his background. This book is mostly centered on a character I don't like. She's the pick-me of characters. Mm. I don't like her very much. I don't find her redeemable. I don't find her to be a good character. I kind of just think she's just there to be there. Like, she's one of those characters that stumbles into being powerful. Or, like, she was very powerful. She swore all of her oaths at one point, and now she has PTSD and can't remember doing it. So she's not so powerful anymore, and she's just so quirky, and she loves to draw, and she has... BPD and like she turns into different people as a way to like express her multiple personality. I just don't like it, so I haven't really gotten very far in it. I started it, I put it back down. It's fair, but I have to read it at some point. And that's uh that's my books of this year. Right. So um I do have a few more. Um we talked a little bit about this in the one where I said I wouldn't continue specifically this author. Um I did read the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh yeah. Heard it was life-changing. It's really not. Um, I did listen to it on audiobook. So I heard it was life-changing. Spoiler alert, it's not. <laughs> Here's the thing. I did cry. Not because... Like, because it's sad. Because So it's the tale of this woman going through, like, all the people she's married and really telling the, spoiler alert, um, true love of her life, which was this woman. You know, she's been married to all these men, but she was in love with this woman and, like, married these men to cover it up. And so, you know, telling their story and their love life. And then, you know, she's an older woman and at the end the woman gets diagnosed with, I want to say it's cancer, and dies. And so this old woman is kind of losing everybody she's loved in her life. Um, And then her daughter also dies. So, like, she's losing everyone and this is when it's wrapping up, like, her kind of point of view. And that was really sad, like hearing her talk about like losing these people um but i enjoyed especially on audiobook when it was telling evelyn hugo's perspective and she was telling the story of her life i really did enjoy that part i was hooked when it was on the journalist character i did not like it it was written first person so it was a lot of i picked up my coffee cup yeah Mm -hmm. i did this and i just i didn't vibe with it because it didn't I didn't care about this POV and then there is a like plot twist at the end that's supposed to be like oh you know this gut-wrenching thing I didn't think it was that gut-wrenching I didn't particularly plot twist yeah exactly and like we said in our last episode although this one might come out before then because probably the end of the Mm -hmm. year wrap-up um it's just like 
trauma porn. It's just like designed to be like a little stab into you and you're like, okay. You're like, great, stab me again, I guess. Yeah, didn't care. Didn't care about it. Um, Wasn't a terrible book. And like I said, I did enjoy the one point of view, but the rest of it was pointless. That was my issue with like the Bone Season books. I don't vibe with first person POV. I think there's a way in which it can serve a purpose. And if it's done right, it can be very strong in serving that purpose. But I feel like it's just utilized poorly yeah like i'm listening to this audio drama right now that i'm gonna re- i'm gonna show you because i think you'd really like it okay it's uh the main character is cole sprouse oh it's pretty good um but in the second season there's this like as opposed to the first season where he's talking to someone it's like a recording of him at his parole officer mm-hmm. him telling his story about what happened to him in his childhood the second season he's narrating a lot of it and it's really cool because it gives like that gritty noir effect but you find out he has this narration because he's writing letters and it's his letters that are getting narrated anyway i'll show you later yeah it was very weak um i listened to the audiobook for the gilded wolves which is a young adult fantasy um very good i started the second one and I'm interested, especially because, like, the main character, like, uh, spoiler alert for the Gilded Wolves, um, one of their, like, his, like, brother, his brother basically dies. Oh, sad. Um, And so it's really sad. So the start of the second one, he's kind of, like, he's almost on this, like, evil journey. Like, he's kind of, like, taking the opposite route of, like, instead of, because it's kind of like, um... A heist book mm-hmm. so they're like going for something um and i don't want to give away too much but he's like now like i want to instead of like finding this for whatever reason i wanted to before to like restore my status and like all this he's like given up on that and he wants to like make himself immortal and like sick. make his friends immortal so no one else can die like sick i like that <clears throat> very i'm very interested by that but it was um little difficult to follow sometimes in the audiobook because it is set in France and they use a lot of, like, no. thick French no. accents. Stop it. I hate yes. that. It seemed quite, like, I don't know if that was intended when the, I mean, I guess it had to have been for them to do it in the audiobook, but it was like, oh, I feel like I might have had better luck reading it because it would have been. Sometimes it's so hard to follow along in the audiobook when you just don't like the narrator and you're just like... Mm. It's not even that the narrators are bad. It's just the accents are very thick and like... Yeah. I, I don't always know if I'm catching everything. Um, For me, it's if I don't vibe with the way that they narrate. I'm just like... Ugh. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, also, I have the world on there. And then the last one I read, which I won't go into detail with... Because it's going to be in our unhappy hour. Yes, I haven't finished my unhappy hour book yet, but I'll um, I'll finish it by the end of the year. Vampire Academy, zero out of ten. Uh, marked, zero out of ten. Yeah, I fucking hate that book. And then the books I'm currently reading, um, Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynn, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Enjoying it quite a lot so far. Very interesting, based on Norse um, mythology. Sick quite good uh and then i also kind of started i'm kind of more just reading it because i'm like "Mm." i wanted something to read like on a kindle Mm -hmm. and it's um serpent and dove which i believe is another like YA kind of fantasy but oh cool 
not too far into it, so I can't tell you too much about it. You're like, I'm just there. Pretty much. Um, I'm still currently reading Rebel's Creed and Gardens of the Moon. And marked. What a great fucking book. But I'm really looking forward to some books that I've pre-ordered. Ooh. I've got The Lost Metal, Mistborn number seven, which is coming this week. I've got Hellbent, which is the sequel to The Ninth House, which I got you for Christmas last year. It is what you got me for Christmas last year. Um, And Elective the Ninth in 2023. Ooh, I don't know if I have any pre-orders for Oh, I should probably say the fucking author's. The Lost Metal is obviously Brandon Sanderson. Brando Sando. It's Mistborn number seven. Elect of the Ninth is the fourth book of the Lock Tomb series. So that's Tamsin Muir. And then Hellbent is Leigh Bardo, right? Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, as I Closed. slam my notebook shut and all my papers fall out. It's fine. I really like this notebook. It's by like one of my favorite. The cover is made by one of my favorite artists. Micah, Micah Ulrich. But um, it's not bound very well, so all the papers come out when I write on it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But I really like it. It's not lined either, which stresses me out, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's still great. I love it. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> that is our uh, 2022 book reads. That's our 2022 wrap-up of all the books we've read this year yes. and whether we enjoyed them or not. Do you have any goals for 2023 how many books you want to read i think i want to i want to get into the 20s i really want to get more out of my books but i also we were talking about this earlier in our chat that i want to um start actually cataloging like every time i finish a book write down my impressions and what i thought about it so i can give a more detailed recap because i literally forgot all the books i've read this year like they left my mind as soon as i put them down yeah that's not ideal. I also want to get into the 20s. That'd be sick. I got there last year, but again, I had COVID and read like six books. So Yeah. I think that for next year, because a lot of these, like, I kind of got stuck on and read them for like yeah. longer than I necessarily needed to. So I think I'm going to try to avoid doing that and like... I need to get into a better routine. Yes. As I say every day. As I'm already very routined, as you know, I'm fucking you are neurotic it's fine yeah i'm trying my best <laughs> you know what also sucks hmm. i can't read if i'm high yeah you read the same page like 14 times i i try to do it all the time well not all the time i don't get high all the time but whenever i'm high i'm like mm, and i'll read a book and then i'm like looking at the same page like for six hours i'm like yeah. Or, like, I move my bookmark because I've read while I'm high, and then I go to, like, read more, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where am I? When did this yeah. happen? Yep. Can't can't stay focused. Yeah, no, it's not for me. Nope. Really, the only thing to do when you're high is to watch movies or play video games. Yes. That's it. Except, depending on the video game. Not League of Legends. Not League of Legends, because I tried and it was bad. Only farm. Yeah. Your your support's paying you. You're like, no, I'm farming. Oh, CS no, that's is what very happened. important. They were like pinging me, and I'm literally like, they know I'm high. They know something's <laughs> wrong with me. That's why they keep pinging me. I think they were pinging a normal amount, but in my head it was like yeah. an egregious amount, and I was like, they know. When I'm high, I play played up with my friends, and then I name it's like a restaurant simulator, oh, and okay. I name the restaurant. Um, 
either meats back on the menu or nut to butt. So it's fine. But <laughs> great. <laughs> so good. Uh we got to a certain level where we could add ice cream, so we named it nut to butt to cream. You're welcome. <laughs> on that note um goodbye thank you so much for coming to our cryptcast we're very casual and talking about fucking tampons (laughs) you're welcome to our predominantly male audience yeah hope you like it don't bite your girlfriend's vagina it's not nice i mean unless she specifically asked you to no one's asking for that i I don't know maybe some people are into some weird stuff i don't know anyway it's not nice (laughs) (laughs) anyway Stay weird. Goodbye. Bye. Join us next time. Come to our next meeting. Um, I'm ready. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast in a crypt, the Dead Letters Club. Special thank you to Cade Sov. That's at C-A-E-D-S-A-U-V for making us sound better and our theme song, which is perfect. It is perfect. Another special thank you to Art with Erica. That's art underscore with underscore Erica for all of your art commission needs. She does our art, which I love. That is very kind of her. And we're your enigmatic ghoulish hosts. We are. You can find us on Instagram as well. And if you want to scream into the void, we do have an email for all complaints, inquiries, and questions. Thank you so much. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye.